Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Choice, Elaine. Mm. What sort of adventure would you get into at a White Lotus resort? Mm. Good question. But it'd have to be like something seedy or bad. So we'll get into like bad situations. I think maybe I'd have like a translation issue. Like I'd go out and get ice cream and not realize that it's like fifty dollars, mm. and I give them twenty, and then they chase me back to my hotel, and I wouldn't understand why. Probably that. Fair enough. What about you? Murder, probably. Okay. Hello there. Welcome to 2023. My name is Lonnie. I'm here with Sine. How's it going, Sine? Hello. I'm well, thank you. You don't sound well. I'm still a bit sick. Sorry if that's annoying to you. It's okay. Where were you in 2022? What was the best show that you saw but didn't talk about? My Lotus Season 2. Guys, I'd seen it before we recorded our interview wrap-up, but... We didn't make it into season five because we'd seen so much. But let it be known, this was Sine's favourite thing of 2022. I was sceptical after season one, which is a perfect show, how they could top it. And then everyone's like, oh, I like it so much more than season one. And I was like, well, come up with guys. It's actually, like, incredible, perfect, wouldn't change a thing. (laughs) What gives Mike... White, the right to make a show that's good. What's the general concept if someone somehow hasn't come across White Lotus? Bunch of white, privileged, upper class douchebags go on a vacation this season to Italy to stay at the White Lotus Resort. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of interconnected storylines about these people and their stay. And I guess the premise is that both seasons there's a dead body in season one like uh, sorry in episode one like there's a someone who dies you're supposed to like figure out who that is as the series goes it doesn't really turn out like that I guess you kind of forget about it for the most part and then at the end, last episode you're like oh yeah who's going to be the dead body you know hmm. yeah it's funny some folks watch it with that in mind the whole time after you're online like they sort of see it looking for clues and trying to work out mm-hmm. the murder mystery side of it but the show itself is decidedly not a murder mystery. No. There's no investigation. When the murder happens, or when we find out, we're just told, like, here it is. Yeah. Here it is. This is what happens. That's true. And, but that said, they do open the, each season with a dead body. So it's like kind of like a hidden almost mm. part of it. You're like, what's going to go? Who's who's going to be here? But the show itself doesn't let, doesn't do that for you. You sort of have to read into all those things. Yeah. But really, it's just a, one of those vacation stories we've been talking about recently. And I think it's very popular during COVID times, especially, and we're kind of still you know, in the aftermath of that, where it's like people want to escape mm-hmm. where they are. And that, that's holiday stories in general. It's trying to get a taste of another part of the world through a story. Yet he doesn't let us off the hook, does he? 
No. Like what? And that's that's true, I think, about every single character. They're not all good or all bad, are they? And as soon as they do something good, you're like, oh, okay, I like this person. Next minute, they're doing something horrible. So Albie. You're <laughs> like, oh, he's such a sweetheart. And then he goes like, hashtag nice man finished last or whatever. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. oh, I thought I was rooting for you. Yeah, well, then even his grandpa, who's a real creep and pervert, I don't mm. think he's a good character. But he has a few moments where you're like, oh, I can kind of see mm. where you're coming from. Mm. And you, I start to pity him at certain mm. points. So it, it's not very simple, is it? No. And I think for this show as well, it's got so popular, there have been every single take has happened about it. Mm-hmm. Some of them quite good, some of them quite bad. And it's interesting to see that play out because often we watch, we watch stuff that doesn't get as much critical buzz. But this is like the biggest show of the year in some ways, isn't it? At least, yeah. on, at least in some areas of Twitter. Binge is doing so well. It's got White Lotus, Succession, Colin from Accounts. Um, who would have thought, you know? With money, I guess, aren't they? I guess so. Mm. Okay, different storylines. Which one is your favourite? Ooh. Let me go through them first. We've got Orby Plaza. Being hot. <laughs> I think there's more to her than that, isn't there? She's so attractive. She's married to Ethan, who's mm. the biggest... Bleeb. He's just like an energy suck when he walks into the room. It's like, mm. who invited this guy? <laughs> And they're having sexual problems in their relationship and they have gone on vacation with Ethan's friend from college and his wife who are sharing an adjoining suite who mm-hmm. are horrible people who cheat on each other, who... It's vapid. Yeah, completely. Like, yeah. I'm Aubrey Plaza in this show. Absolutely. Being like, why do we have to hang out with them? I'm yeah. trying to be nice, but they're idiots. I don't want to mm. be here. You know? That's interesting. And then we have three men, so mm. Grandpa, Dad, and Albie as the son, who have come to Italy to trace back heritage. They came from a small town. Yeah. Um, all very oblivious to everything and mm. think that because they're men they can just have whatever they want pretty much. They're all sort of creepy in their own ways. All creepy in their own ways. Old, old grandpa is overtly sexual mm-hmm. and makes weird comments to women and stuff. The dad thinks he's a feminist, but actually is paying for sex workers and cheating on his wife too many times that she left him, but he can't sort of work out why. Mm-hmm. And the son thinks he's better than both of them, mm-hmm. but has his own sort of twisted view of the world. Very modern, like millennial Gen Z, that kind of guy who says he's a feminist and, but still thinks sex workers need to be saved, that sort of yeah. thing. That tweet about that, isn't it? It's like, watch out for the guys who say the feminists. There's always something wrong with them. <laughs> if they've got to tell you, yeah, there's something going on. We have Valentina, who is the hotel manager, who to reveal that she's gay and she has a crush on one of the workers at the hotel. Mm. Then there's the two sex workers, the Chia and Mia, Mia, who are perfect and wonderful, and I love them, and I hope every good thing happens to them. Um. And then we have Miss Jennifer Coolidge, who is reprising her role from season one, mm. which I was a bit like, do we just not just want to start with a whole new side of characters? Apparently not. And then I was like, okay, well, this is cool then. We'll have her every season as our, like, end to the story. Doesn't happen. No. So she's with Greg, mm. who they met in se- season one, 
and they've come on a vacation here with her assistant, Portia. Portia. And so basically there's like, what, four or five storylines that are all interconnected and Mm -hmm. uh, it's very interesting how one bad decision in one storyline can have flow-on effects for all the others. Mm. And it's so true, like the whole idea of go on holiday and you do see other people who are there happen to be there at the same time at breakfast and at dinner and stuff. You see them in the in the pool or on the on the lift and things like that. And of course they're having their own adventures. It's what the show sort of tapped into, that mm-hmm. idea of how these intersect and obviously the hotel manager interacts with all of them at different points. Mm-hmm. The the sex workers find themselves involved in different relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and even even just the, the simple fact sometimes they're at breakfast together and you can see them talking at different tables mm-hmm. you know it's kind of interesting like that um what i like about the show and it's kind of comforting in a way it just has a really nice structure it opens up or episode one they get there and they're arriving and they're finding the hotel room and stuff which is familiar to us all from going on holidays but then each episode it's like okay here we go it's the morning they're getting up they're going for breakfast then they go do stuff during the day things happen then they might have a nap in the afternoon where are you going with this? Well, it's just a nice structure. It's like every every episode is a day in the life yes, as it goes on. Yeah. And then, you know, it's going to end with them at night time and dinner and things obviously flare up that have sort of been mm. boiling up during all, all the day. And it's, then it's the evening and things get a bit frisky and whatnot and they have to go on more adventures and then they end. I don't know, just something interesting in that to me. I, I like that. Just like you sort of know what you're getting into each episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I asked you a question before. Who's your favourite character? Now we've sort of gone through most of them. Who you hearing? I have a tie. You have a tie. Is that allowed? Okay. No. Stop this podcast uh, right now. Aubrey's character, yeah, Harper. Of course. Who is, I agree, misnamed. <laughs> did you see this? I did see so this. So the year that she was born, there were only like two Harpers in America. Didn't she one of them? I, it's really not a generational name. What should she be called? I don't know, like Amy, something like that. Yeah, something. Okay. So she's definitely up there, but Revelation, Megan Fahey as Daphne. We didn't mention her, did we? She broke my heart. She put it back together. She had me worried for her, and she's like, "Don't pity me." And I was like, "Oh, sorry, Megan, I'm not pitying you, but this is a really effed up situation that you're in." You do pity her at first, don't you? Because you mm-hmm. think she's the, the victim of this this brash, idiot, arrogant boyfriend or husband. Mm-hmm. But the layers appeal back and you realise that maybe she has more control and perhaps mm-hmm. the most control in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like sort of every single storyline here could be its own movie? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yet we get it all in one show. It's incredible. <laughs> People would kill to have such an interesting character and she's here in an ensemble, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's that the scene, the scene is when Ethan comes and tells her, I think our partners have cheated, you know, with each other. And she has that like exceptional moment where she has no dialogue, mm. but she considers it, it upsets her, she packs it away, and then comes up with a resolution all in like 30 seconds mm. you can't teach acting like that like that mm. you just have that you know or you don't and she is just amazing and i haven't seen megan in a lot of things but we want to watch the bold type now which mm. she was 
in and quite good in. Um, one thing that does annoy me though is I feel like if you're going to talk about the show, have a basic level of like critical thinking skills and media literacy because no one seems to understand that the kids were the trainers. Mm. Like, no, no, she's just talking about, you know, she has a hobby and it's all a matter. No, no. She shows pictures of the kids with blonde hair and blue eyes like the trainer. Mike White is trusting us to make the connection there. Why do you need everything completely spelled out well, to you? The dad is, doesn't have those features either. Oh, my God. So, yeah, of course that's it. So you think there, when people say this online, she was kind of used to the fact that he cheats on her, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. But the real hurt there was that Harper was the one. Yes. Right? I think because she doesn't have many female friends, and I think we all were like, oh, does this happen to every friend that she has? Mm. This sort of thing. And she mm. thought Harper was different and above it all, and it turns out no. Yeah. But did they have sex, do you reckon? Daphne and Ethan? When they went to the private island? That's the implication for sure. Surely, right? Yeah. And he's happy at the end because they both have their little infidelity Cameron moments assistant. and they come back together and they're fine. Well, also, if you believe the fact that Harper and Cameron didn't actually get to do the deed, mm. I think Ethan's happy then because he's got one over her. For sure. Yeah. But also, it seems like... He's very happy at the end. They're like cuddling and stuff after there's been quite frigid before that. Do you think it's like he was talking about in college or never with, with Cameron? Mm. Every time he liked a girl, Cameron went after her and then he sort of was always getting sort of cucked by that. Mm -hmm. I think he likes that. Like he didn't see Aubrey as attractive until Cameron was Maybe. into her. Yeah. And now he's like, oh, now I can see it. Maybe. Here's the thing, Sine. All he had to do was have sex with Aubrey Plaza and gossip with her about the awful friends they have. Easiest job in the world. I know, right? I could have done that. <laughs> Everyone could have done that. Yeah. He's a real a real drag. Ethan. Yeah. And people are saying online, he's like a IT billionaire or whatever. He's, he's just sold some app or something. Maybe he's addicted to porn and couldn't really... For whatever reason, he was a bit... Yeah. His, his wires are a bit... He did turn down the sex way. workers, though. Yeah. But even then. Yeah. Yeah. He lied about it. Yeah, but maybe he was just, yeah, he was sexually dysfunctional in some way. And mm. now he's better. So I think cheating is the good thing, is, is, the, is the message. No, <laughs> it's not that simple, is it? But it makes you think. It does. We haven't talked about Portia much and her outfits, which I think were fun. Yeah. Well, when we found out, so Hayley Richardson plays Portia, and she actually had a lot of input into her character's wardrobe which is so try hard at trying to be gen z yeah. like the bucket hat the little crochet tops the mixed patterns the sort of 80s and 90s influence it's pretty cool that she like made some of that stuff herself the actor, yeah to wear yeah. um she's just trying so hard isn't she and nothing works out for her mm -hmm. she was really compelling as an actor i know he <laughs> She had a nice guy, but Did he was, though? well, on the surface level. Yeah. But then she saw a bad boy. Yeah. Are we talking about Jack at all? Are we talking sure, about we'll talk Jack about from him. Essex? Can't stand him. Made my skin crawl. <laughs> I think every woman knows this kind of guy, and it's just like, oh, go away. You are the worst. Don't have time for him. 
He's a little like teasing that's meant to be flirting and he's just being mean to you and then he's just like scaring you and then he's getting you into trouble because he's evading paying a bill and Mm -hmm. it's like just leave him. I was reading online though, apparently at least American women online were saying, yeah, I'd definitely fall for him, like that sort of attractive. What's wrong with you? I guess because he's a bit cheeky and naughty and you've got an accent. You know? no, that's right. Americans do have a weird thing about British accent. Yeah. yeah. And not really understanding. It's an Essex accent, let's well, be clear. It's not like an attractive British accent. He's from Essex. Sorry to our Essex fans out there. <laughs> going to come for something online now. I don't think the Australian accent's very attractive either. Here you go. I put myself down. So it's even now. Well, little Australian fans out there going to come for you now. Go for it. We don't have the energy to fight them. <laughs> Uh. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, so her storyline interacts with, because she's Jennifer Coolidge's assistant. Mm. We've so spoken about how Jennifer Coolidge sort of gets quasi-kidnapped by some the gays. local gays, as she calls them. <laughs> the gays. Um, They're trying to murder me. Bit of bit of meta commentary there about how she's a gay icon. Yes. And I, I saw an interview with Mike White talking about how he sort of felt like that. Mm-hmm. Especially in season one, I think, and he wrote season two in response to that. But like, he loves her so much. But he was putting her through these scenarios. Like, apparently, she's not very good on boats and gets seasick and stuff. But he was out there putting her on a boat in season one. How did you do that to her? And no, and then and then I think he realized he wanted to kill her off for season two but he wanted to give her a great time before that. And so he's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to? And she's like, well, I want to go on a Vespa. I want to go to this place. And so he put that in the show. Oh my God, really? Based on their conversations, apparently. <laughs> he was trying to show a good time before, before the end. I had a feeling though, as she was getting good stuff happening to her, I was like, oh no, this isn't good. Yeah. So you spoilers, know. obviously. Mm. She is the one that dies at the end, along with all the gays. But she goes down farting. She does. And... I like that about it, you know, that she, you know, she didn't go down as a victim. She went down powerfully. Yeah, so the whole the whole side of the season sets up. Greg has to go back to L.A. We think he's having an affair. Turns out he's put a hit on her because he wants life insurance and these gay group of gay men have been employed by him to distract her and then kill her, I guess. Yeah, um, what was their plan? Was it to? That's what I'm a bit unsure about, like, because I was like, she was willing to give you a lot of money anyway, mm. but I'm guessing the life insurance was more money than she had. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it was just yeah, so much money. And I think the idea was that Greg 
found out he hated her after being like he, yeah. he, he think he was gonna die soon like he yeah that's right and then he didn't and then so then he, he but if he wanted to divorce her he wasn't gonna get anything he was gonna be destitute but why so. didn't they kill her straight away well my impression was they were gonna take it back right mm-hmm. i think they were just gonna knock her over overboard right and she was so drunk and drugged and up and oh they could pass it up as an accident i think that's thing. the idea right the gun i guess was just because he was like mafia associated and, mm-hmm. and, and if anything went wrong I yeah. suppose. And I mean, as it turns out, it did go wrong. Yeah, I really like how that scene was shot. We were on her the whole time as she mm. shot everybody. We didn't see the reaction yes. until the very end and we pull back and we see all the dead people around her. Um, I thought that was a really cool way to shoot that sequence. And I also find it funny that um, they shot, like, the body floating in the water, right, where she's dead, and apparently Jennifer said to Mike, can we just do another one where, like, I get up? Like, maybe I'm fine. Like, maybe just a little teaser at the end. And he's like, no, you're, you're dead. And she's like, mm, do I have to be, though? <laughs> Which well, is so cool that she loved making this show so much that, mm, you know, she um wanted to be part of it for as long as possible. Well, I saw her interview before the season came out, and she was speaking about how much she loves Mike White. Mm-hmm. And she said he's the most honest and the most sincere person she ever worked with. Really? And I think that comes through in his writing. Mm. Like, I feel like he... He has a take on the world and he's giving it to us. He's not very, like, he's a little bit cynical, I guess, but I think he's sincerely saying these people exist and this is their story and, mm. yeah. He seems to really like the process of storytelling as well mm. and revealing things and, and you know, I read this thing online, it's terrific. Every character starts out a certain way and they've got something they like about someone else, right, that mm-hmm. they're with. And slowly as the season goes on, they become that person mm-hmm. and they take on the characteristics of the person they hated. So mm-hmm. Harper, for example, hates her, these friends for being vapid and cheating on each other. She ends up she doing that herself. Yeah. The son hates his dad and granddad for being so sexist and misogynistic. And then he sort of takes on those characteristics as well. Mm. Pretty much every character, you can find something about them. Yeah, even Even just Daphne and Cameron. Mm. You think they're kind of one and the same. Maybe he's cheating and is a dickhead. It turns out maybe she has those aspects of herself and maybe he does, even though he does those things, he actually loves her. Mm-hmm. Do you think she loves him or is she just there for the convenience of their marriage that already got together? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really great way. Another thing I'd say about this show, I'd say, mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling, mm. it's really terrific. You get a character and you think about the worst situation for them to be in and then he puts him in there. That's what you're supposed to do. You put your characters through hell. Yeah. You know, so you get the most dramatic it. tension. So these, these three blokes come from America to find the Sicilian roots. They find, end up finding the house mm-hmm. where their their relatives are, long lost distant cousins, and they think they're going to be greeted as returning heroes. Mm. Those, those Americans, they're, they, they're going to love you. No, they get shooed away it's like a great criminals. exemplification of male privilege mm. like they think they'll just be welcomed with open arms because mm-hmm. they're men because yeah. they're from there they think these women have a right yeah. some sort of homecoming uh-huh. um when really like we can see what, what it is these three american guys just turn up and you all start being like well a family like mm. oh, i've got my own life going on go away uh-huh. exactly <laughs> um a lot of the storylines talked about with, with cameron and, and harper and whatnot that's quite compelling but often they're put in situations where you know I don't want to be around my friend who's cheating. Oh, no, he's having sex on my couch. He's left his condom yeah. on the couch wrapper, and that just sort of builds and builds and builds until mm-hmm. that tension can't hold anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is you go on holidays to get away from your usual 
regular life and mm. have an adventure and hopefully return home having changed. Well, this show does that, but not in a, I found myself and I've become enlightened. Mm. Maybe in a, in a sort of upside down toxic way that's happened to these characters, but I think on the, on the, on the whole, they're thrown into a, a, a regular situation. <laughs> not, not for the better. What do you think, just thinking of Harper and Ethan, mm. when they finally do have sex at the end, they break that statue? So we keep cutting back to these statues of faces that are watching them, right? They're always being watched and it's, you know. Um, Spirits and gods and whatnot, right? Yeah. So what's the symbolism of them smashing that at the end, that they're not? Like, like they've stopped caring, they've broken through. Yeah, okay. There was a line about what those statues meant. And I can't remember it from the season, from episode one. Fair enough. But I think that was... More significance. Also, can we just say Laura Dern's voice <clears throat> is in this show as Dominic's ex-wife, but then he sees a picture, looks at a picture of Maul, and it's not Laura Dern. Mm. So, what's the point in getting Laura Dern? She's a great actress and can deliver a killer monologue on the phone. But it's so distracting. Would it be more distracting if she just turns up in a photo, though? Yes. So don't hire her. Hire the person who played his wife in the photo. Really. Hire another actor. Mm. It's not that hard. Well, I think the plan was never to have her on camera, so also just not show her on the, in the picture. Well, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Can we talk about Lucia and Mia, mm -hmm. who have everything figured out, and that end little sequence is just... Hmm. Just what? Because they're not nice people, right? They're taking advantage of everybody. Lucia's playing Albie like a fiddle getting $50,000 or whatever it is. She's completely, you know, stands up against um, Cameron, who didn't pay her for a long time, mm -hmm. and they just win at the end. Yeah. They've got it all figured out. The guy that they said was, you know, her pimp who was chasing her, that mm -hmm. was all orchestrated. They were good friends. Mm -hmm. And off they go into the sunset, these two girls who have, you know, I think there's obviously lots of, Meaning there about like who who is the bad guy in this situation? Hmm. Yeah, it's the wrong thing to do what they did, but all of these people that they interacted with yeah. were awful people. Well, it's a bit Robin Hood like, isn't it? Yes, it's okay yeah. to steal from the the rich and the stupid. What about Albie though? He gets played, and he's like, "Oh well, yes, it got played." But isn't that also like the point? The fact that they have fifty thousand dollars to be able to wire okay. to someone he just met, like, ugh. And he did that to his dad, saying, I'll make yes. sure things get better with mum if you do this for me. So he's, again, using women mm -hmm. to his end. He's, he's, he screwed over his mum Yep. to try and save a sex worker mm -hmm. who was clearly playing him mm -hmm. from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Do you think she was from the get-go, or did she sort of see him as a mark after they sort of... I think as a mark, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe she was just having friends and stuff, yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. She was great, especially Lucia. Um yeah. Simona Tabasco. One thing I do like is this cast seems to have had a really great time filming. Like behind the scenes, mm. they're all friends, they're all having a great time. Some people are dating. I don't know how I feel about that. Megan, just be careful, please. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's great when they see the cast having fun, and it seems like it's a great set and all mm. those things. You know, 
don't have to be good friends to make a good movie, but I think it's nice, especially when we hear all the horror stories about mm. productions. I think also made it's another reaction to everyone's been cooped up at home for the large part of the last couple of years, so mm-hmm. getting through the show. Where's the next season going to be? So some people are saying snow. Ski Lodge, Japan, I heard. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Could do... We just had a beach episode, so you can't really do, like, Australian beach. Mm. Could you do woodland, like, New England or Ireland even? Like yeah, cabins, something. Cabins. Castles. Europe, like, sort of snowy Europe rather than Mediterranean mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. You go safari? Safari, down Africa. That could be fun. Yeah. I think, from memory, Mark White spent a lot of time in, like, Sri Lanka. Okay, sort that's of interesting. subcontinent, yeah. Hmm. New Zealand. That'd be beautiful. On the slopes. Yeah. Mm. That'd be nice. Antarctica. I heard, I've heard cruise too, maybe. So there could be multiple locations. Oh, yeah. The tweet's so funny, though, that cities should compete like the Olympics, put their bids in. They should. <laughs> For season. a show as good as this, they should. What do you think about the idea that the first season was supposed to be a limited series, so we got all the Oscars, all the Emmys, I should say, for being a limited series, and then it's like, psych, here's season two of my ongoing yeah. series. It's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Yeah. But also I don't care because it's so good. Well, it's also <laughs> anthology, so it's not the same characters apart from Jennifer Coolidge, That's so true. it's kind of a limited series in that sense. Mm. I still like it. Prequel? Jennifer Coolidge is still around? Hey, yes, let's do that. All she has back is her twin sister. Amazing. Another great tweet. No, good stuff, isn't it? It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's so layered and, as I said, once you sort of form an opinion about someone, you get the rug pulled out of you, under you, you know? Also, it's the rare show that as soon as I finished it, I wanted to start again mm. immediately. I haven't had that happen with many shows. Sex Education was one of them, mm-hmm. which I did restart. And this one I'm probably going to rewatch because there's so much layered into the dialogue and the way the characters interact with each other early on that's not revealed mm. why or why the dynamic's like that until later on. And it's so beautiful too. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. And someone on Twitter again, for being on tweets, it's a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> saying they didn't tell the B-roll guys that they're just doing B-roll. And when they're out there, they're filming the, the surf and the drone mm. shots of the of the hotel and they're doing the towels and it's just amazing. I know. You know? No, we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. Banger of a theme song. Absolutely. Which we heard at the shops yesterday. They literally played it at the shops, mm-hmm. which I'm not mad about. I was surprised about, but, you know. But I was back there. I was bumping. <laughs> I'll see my little, do, 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 my little monkey do, friend do, in the first do, opening do, do. My boy. So, so good. you think it's better than season one, which was one of our favourite shows of last yeah. year, year before last. Can I say as good as season one? I think uh, in my head it's better, but I think that maybe just recently biased. I think you so, know. yeah. Probably go back to season one and be like, oh, yeah, Murray. Was it Murray? Yeah. Yeah. Murray Bartlett was his name. His, his character name was Armand. Armand, yeah. Armand, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was pretty amazing. Jake Lacey's in it. Forget about that whole story. I know. <sighs> Alexandria. Federer. I will be happy. Okay, we need to go rewatch it right now. It's so good. What are you rating it? Season two. It's going to be a five stars for me. 
I think it's going to be for me too. Wow. I know. She doesn't give that lightly, Mike, so I be know. happy with this. <laughs> but nothing to complain about, really. Also, some people say maybe it was a bit too long, like it was one no. or two more. I would have 10 more, so I'm, I'm fine. Absolutely. Also, I'll see if I can find a link to it in the show notes, but there was some a great Twitter thread that someone did mm-hmm. breaking down the opening title sequence yeah. and where each actor's name appeared was sort of symbolic for their character. Mm. Like there was, I can't remember one to give as an example, which is really bad because I'm trying to communicate something to you. But I don't know, it's like... Um, two men fighting or something when yeah. Ethan's character's name pops up, uh, Ethan's actor's name pops up. Anyway, I'll see if I can find that link in the show notes because mm-hmm. it was really good. Yeah, we'll be back next season. Absolutely. Anytime, Mike White. Give us more. Just whenever you want, we'll be here watching whatever you do. We love you. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you want cast in season three? I don't really mind. I'm, I'm, I trust them. We're open. Yeah. I don't know half this cast and they turned out well. What about Reese Witherspoon? Maybe. What about Jason Statham? Yeah. He did a good job, I think. <laughs> He's waiting for his Mike White show. Maybe that's what he needs. That's a time <laughs> in his career. Who do you want? Anyone in particular? No, similarly, I'm like, I'll just see mm. when he gives them to me. Here mm. they are. I'm sure, they'll be fine. We trust. Okay. All right. Well, this is our first episode of this year and this season. These are seasons, basically, if you're, if you're wondering. Um, we've got a lot more coming up. We've got a whole bunch to record. It's going to be like April until we have a new show, just from the ones we've already watched. We're catching up on. We try to find like relevant ones to put out at relevant times. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough being us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Go back to the back catalogue if you if you want. Anything else you want to say tonight? No. What's your point? Well, they will. They will. Do I'm they just... need an invitation? They do. Okay. They need to be reminded. Then I was like, can I get an order? I'm like, can I get an order? It's up to yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.